we're going to be spending the uh, quite a few weeks, months uh, probably, in Psalm 119. Um, and uh, so we're starting today. What we're going to do today is we're going to read the entire chapter. It's a very long chapter. It's uh, set up um, very interesting. Uh, it's each of the letters of the Hebrew alphabet. There's 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet, so there's 22 stanzas. Each stanza starts with a different letter of that of the Hebrew alphabet. So that's how the the um, the chapter is arranged. The psalm is arranged. And so what we're going to do today is uh, myself, Brandon, and Seth are each going to take a third, and we are going to um, read read those stanzas for you out loud. And then we're each going we each uh, chosen one verse to just talk about for a few minutes. So don't get if you, in case you're nervous that you're going to get three messages today, and this is going to be a little longer than usual. Actually, probably be a, a hair shorter than usual, but. Um, if you, it will be helpful for you to have uh, the, your Bible open in front of you. It'll help you to see those stanzas. So each stanza has a little bit of a different theme, and it's got a little bit of a different focus, but they're all focused on God's Word. And so as you see here, the title uh, on, on the screen here is How I Love Your Law. So uh, one of the things that it was helpful for me to keep in mind as I read this was just thinking about what... What of what of God's word did they have at this point, right? It, that that uh, you know um, that would have been referring to as uh, to write this big long psalm that was a praise of God's word. Obviously, they didn't have the New Testament. They didn't have most of the Old Testament, right? When you think about um, the prophets and all that stuff, wouldn't have happened yet. Most of those prophets, uh, major and minor prophets, had hadn't happened yet, right? So there's a lot of the Bible that we would think of as God's word that wasn't even available to the psalmist when he was writing this. So let's go ahead and we'll start with verse one and we'll go ahead and um, just read those that first uh, first several stanzas. Blessed are those whose way is blameless, who walk in the way of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with their whole heart, who also do no wrong, but walk in his ways. You have commanded your precepts to be kept diligently. Oh, that my ways may be steadfast in keeping your statutes. When I sh- then I shall not be put to shame, having my eyes fixed on all your commandments. I will praise you with an upright heart. When I learn your righteous rules, I will keep your statutes. Do not utterly forsake me. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. With my whole heart I seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments. I have stored up your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. Blessed are you, O Lord. Teach me your statutes. With my lips I declare all the rules of your mouth. In the way of your testimonies I delight, as much as as in all riches. I will meditate on your precepts and fix my eyes on your ways. I will delight in your statutes. I will not forget your word. Deal bountifully with your servant, that I may live and keep your word. Open my eyes, that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. I am a sojourner on the earth. Hide not your commandments from me. My soul is consumed with longing for your rules at all times. You rebuke the insolent, accursed ones, who wander from your commandments. Take away scorn and contempt, for I have kept your testimonies. Even though princes sit plotting against me, your servant will meditate on your statutes. Your testimonies are my delight. They are my counselors. 
My soul clings to the dust. You give me life according to your word. When I told of my ways, you answered me. Teach me your statutes. Make me understand the ways of your precepts, and I will meditate on your word, on your wondrous works. My soul melts away for sorrow. Strengthen me according to your word. Put false ways far from me, and graciously teach me your law. I have chosen the way of faithfulness. I set your rules before me. I cling to your testimonies, O Lord. Let me not be put to shame. I will run in the way of your commandments when you enlarge my heart. Teach me, O Lord, the way of your statutes, and I will keep it to the end. Give me understanding that I may keep your law and observe it with my whole heart. Lead me in the path of your commandments, for I delight in it. Incline my heart to your testimonies and not to selfish gain. Turn my eyes from looking at worthless things and give me life in your ways. Confirm your, to your servant your promise that you may be feared. Turn away the reproach that I dread, for your rules are good. Behold, I long for your precepts. In your righteousness, give me life. Let your steadfast love come to me, O Lord, your salvation according to your promise. Then I shall have an answer for him who taunts me, and tr for I trust in your word. And take not your, the word of truth utterly out of my mouth, for my hope is in your rules. I will keep your law continually, forever and ever, and I shall walk in a wide place, for I have sought your precepts. I will also speak of your testimonies before kings, and shall not be put to shame, for I find my delight in your commandments, which I love. I will lift up my hands toward your commandments, which I love, and I will meditate on your statutes. Remember your word to your servant, in which you have made me hope. This is my comfort in my affliction, that your promise gives me life. The insolent utterly deride me, but I do not turn away from your law. When I think of your rules from of old, I take comfort, O Lord. Hot indignation seizes me because of the wicked, who forsake your law. Your statutes have been my songs in the house of my sojourning. I remember your name in the night, O Lord, and keep your law. The blessings, This blessing has fallen to me, that I have kept your precepts. The Lord is my portion. I promise to keep your words. I entreat your favor with all my heart. Be gracious to me according to your promise. When I think on my ways, I turn my feet to your testimonies. I hasten and do not delay to keep your commandments. Though the cords of the wicked ensnare me, I do not forget your law. At midnight I rise to praise you because of your righteous rules. I am a companion of all who fear you and of those who keep your precepts. The earth, O Lord, is full of your steadfast love. Teach me your statutes. All right, so that's the first section that we're going to read. If you would go back, uh, if, you, if you need to flip a page or two back, to um, verse 18. I'm just going to make a few comments on verse 18. So I chose verse 18. Um, I, I think there's just a, a few things to point out from this verse. And uh, I know sometimes, especially when I was younger, I remember, I remember reading this chapter and just thinking, boy, it's just, it just seems to say the same couple things over and over again. But it's like anything, it, it, you, you know, you have to look at it from a lot of different angles. And there's actually, like any scripture, there's a lot there. And so I think this verse, open my eyes that I may behold wondrous things out of your law. 
um, I just wanted to point out a couple observations. One is that um, we need our eyes opened. So we, uh, can't, we can't come to God's word, read the words, and as intelligent adults, understand the words, digest the words, and apply the words without the help of the Holy Spirit. This, this made me think of uh, the book um, by Rosaria Butterfield, The uh, Gospel Homes with a House Key. She, she was a professor of, um, I think, English, uh, something like that. She was a literature professor, I believe. And so reading and interpreting, especially older literature, was her profession. That was her, what she was very good at. She was at Syracuse University, which is a very prominent university, right? So she was, in a, from a worldly perspective, from an intelligence study perspective, there wasn't, you know, she, she could hold her own as far as interpreting literature, understanding what, what the writer meant, understanding how it fit in the context, themes, and all these things. She started kind of studying Christians as kind of like the side project, and she didn't, she was a, a lesbian, she was, you know, uh, you know, very anti-Christian, but she was studying Christians to just kind of try to understand where they were coming from, and she started spending time with them, and she started noticing these laymen, these people who had no college education at all, were able to read the Bible and understand and see things that she couldn't see, that she was, her eyes were totally blinded to. She just, she was befuddled that how, how are they getting that out of these verses? I didn't see that, right? And so that's the way God intends it. God intends our hearts to, to need, the, the, hearts, the eyes of our heart to be open by his spirit. And that's the only way we really understand God's word. Um, another thing to, to note is that um, God's law is full of wondrous things. We might think of a list of rules, and again, if, if you think of mostly what the psalmist is talking about here, he's really talking mostly about the, the law. The, think about Leviticus, right? It's not the, usually the verses we go to to memorize, right? Those are not the verses we would think of. What, what verses are we going to memorize? Let's go to Leviticus and, and start memorizing all the laws about you know, uh, this, this specific situation, that specific situation, right? But that's what, for the most part, the, the psalmist is talking about, is, is God's laws. But God put himself in his laws. He shows his righteousness and his justice and his kindness and his, and his um, desire for peace and his desire for goodness. And uh, all these things, these characteristics of God are built into his law. And when Jesus was asked, what, what is the greatest of the commandments? What did Jesus say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself, right? God's love, which is the, the theme of the chapter that we read this morning in the uh, youth class, uh, God's love is written into his law. We don't generally think, especially if you're a kid, right, you look at a list of rules, you look at the Ten Commandments, you see things that I'm supposed to do and not supposed to do, and it's not really about love. But that is what is behind God's law. And it's a beautiful thing. But we have to have our eyes open to see that. It's just looking at it without our eyes being opened by, by God. Is, uh, we, we just see the words. We just see the, the pages and the ink. And we miss the beauty of, of God's word. And that, um, so there is wondrous things in God's law. And the last thing I wanted to point out is that while... Um, we should be praying for God to open our eyes to see wondrous things in his law. We do have to be looking at his law, right? We have to be looking at his word. So it's, it, you know, uh, one of the things I came across in preparing was that John Piper was talking about if you had a blind person, right, who was praying to God 
that before I die, open my eyes so that I can see the beauty of the Grand Canyon. And he was praying this over and over. And he believed that God was going to open his eyes. But he never goes to the Grand Canyon, right? If God heals his eyes, is he going to see the beauty of the Grand Canyon? Of course not. He's in Florida, right? He's in Boca Raton. (laughs) He's not going to see the beauty of the Grand Canyon from where he's at. We have to go to God's word. So there's this tendency sometimes where I actually had a conversation one time with somebody at work where he said, I find God in the woods. That's where I, that's my church. That's where I go to church. I see God in in nature. And that's to some degree true, right? God has imprinted himself in nature. He has put his beauty and his wisdom in the way he made the world. But at the same time, God has given us his word, and it's a specific word that he gave to us, and we can't expect God to open our, we can't pray, God, open my eyes, if we're not using God's word, if we're not holding God's word in front of us. So we do need to pray for God to open our eyes, but we can't do it in the absence of his word. So we need to be reading his word uh, and, and feeding on it, and, and uh, you, you know, like a, as the deer pants for the water. All right, let's pray, uh, and then we'll continue reading. Dear Heavenly Father, I do pray that you would open the eyes of our hearts. We believe that there's wondrous things in your word, and we know we've seen them. We know we've, we've seen so many wondrous things, and, and how many times do we come back to the same uh, verses, the same scriptures, and uh, have some new truth or some new beauty shown to us that we didn't see the first time. And I just thank you so much for your word, for your wisdom that you put in this word, I thank you for revealing yourself to us, because without your revelation, we couldn't find you. Um, None of us would be able to find our way to you. I thank you that you you not only made us and gave us this beautiful world to live in, you gave us your word, and you help us to read it, and you help us to understand it. And we we thank you, Lord, that we're not left on our own to to come to you by our own merit, because we wouldn't make it to you, Lord. We just praise you. We just pray that you would... Uh, Bless the rest of our time together. Open the eyes of our hearts. Help us to see wondrous things from your law. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, we're going to go ahead and continue. So if you're still in Psalm 119, we're going to pick up on verse 65. So starting in verse 65. You have dealt with your servant, O Lord, according to your word. Teach me good judgment and knowledge, for I believe in your commandments. Before I was afflicted, I went astray, but now I keep your word. You are good and do good. Teach me your statutes. The insolent smear me with lies, but with my whole heart I keep your precepts. Their heart is unfeeling like fat, but I delight in your law. It is good for me that I was afflicted, that I might learn your statutes. The law of your mouth is better to me than thousands of gold and silver pieces. Your hands have made and fashioned me. Give me your understanding that I may learn your commandments. Those who fear you shall see me and rejoice, because I have hoped in your word. I know, O Lord, that your rules are righteous, and that in faithfulness you have afflicted me. Let your steadfast love comfort me, according to your promise to your servant. Let your mercy come to me, that I may live. For your law is my delight. Let the insolent be put to shame, because they have wronged me with your falsehood. As for me, I will meditate on your precepts. Let those who fear you turn to me, that they may know your testimonies. 
May my heart be blameless that I may not be put to shame. My soul longs for your salvation. I hope in your word. My eyes long for your promise. I ask, when will you comfort me? For I have become like a wineskin in the smoke, yet I have not forgotten your statutes. How long must your servant endure? When will you judge those who persecute me? The insolent have dug pitfalls for me. They do not live according to your law. All your commandments are sure. They persecute me with falsehood. Help me. They have almost made an end of me on earth, but I have not forsaken your precepts. In your steadfast love, give me life, that I may keep the testimonies of your mouth. Forever, O Lord, your word is firmly fixed in the heavens. Your faithfulness endures to all generations. You have established the earth, and it stands fast. By your appointment, for by them you have given me life. I am your save me, for I have sought your precepts, the wicked lie, and wait to destroy me. But I consider your testimonies. I have seen a limit to all perfection, but your commandments, your commandment. Oh, how I love your law. It is my meditation of the day. Your commandment makes me wiser than my enemies, for it is ever with me. I have more understanding than all my teachers, for your testimonies are my meditation. I understand more than the aged, for I keep your precepts. I hold my feet from every evil way in order to keep your word. I do not turn aside from your rules, for you have taught me. How sweet are your words to use my taste. How sweet are your words to my taste, sweeter than honey to my mouth. Through your precepts I get understanding. Therefore, in a life to keep righteous. Give me life, O Lord, bird. Accept my free offer. I hold my life in my hand continually, but I do not forget your law. To the end. I hate the double-minded, but I love your law. You are my hiding place and my shield. I hope in your word. Depart from me, that I may keep the commandments of my God. Uphold me, according to your promise, that I may live. And let me not be put to shame in my hope. Hold me up, be safe, and your statute continually. All who go astray from your statutes. For their cunning is in vain. All the wicked of the earth you discard like dross. Therefore, I love your testimonies. My flesh trembles for, the, for fear of you, and I am afraid of your judgments. So if you want to go back to verse 72. So back on verse 72. 
it reads, The law of my mouth is better unto me than thousands of gold and silver. So this verse really, you know, stood out to me just to kind of spend a couple minutes talking through it, you know. When, when you look at the, the uh, translation in ESV, I also looked at the NLT version, and it reads, Your instructions are more valuable that, to me than millions in gold and silver. So there's a little translation of, uh, you know, the law of thy mouth uh, to instructions. And instead of thousands, it talks about millions of gold. So when you look at this verse, there's really two concepts here, right? It's, the, it's God's law. It's his instructions, his word. It's really the Bible versus gold and silver. So how do we, how do you value God's word versus gold and silver? So let's talk about that thousands or millions of gold and silver. You know, we don't talk about gold and silver much today. You know, it's a commodity, but we really talk about dollars, right, in, in, today's, in, in, in today's society. You know, and as David wrote these verses, you look at, at David at the time, and based on you know, David being king, he was a very rich person when you look at gold and silver. Um, I did do a little bit of research based on some estimates. Uh, it's, it's thought to be he was worth a, a net of about $200 billion. So that's, you know, billion with a B. So you think of today's environment, you know, kings and, kings and queens, we don't have, uh, you know, at the top of Forbes, you know, billionaire list we have, you know, folks like Elon Musk, you know, with Tesla and SpaceX, you know, estimated worth of 153 billion. You got Jeff Bezos, you know, uh, former CEO and founder of Amazon at 120 billion. So you think of, you know, the, the gold and silver of this verse in the time, in today's dollars, you know, 200 billion is, is a lot of money, a lot of gold and silver. So you look at, at that estimate, and let's just assume, you know, what my research was, you know, not completely accurate, might not have been 200 billion. So let's, let's think about $1 billion. So let's just assume, you know, thinking of that as a salary. Because, again, if you're investing, you know, $200 billion in, in the market in today's environment, you're going to lose, you know, a billion or gain a billion each day. So let's talk about what does that really look like to have a salary of a billion dollars and do nothing with it. You know, take a billion out of the bank, put it in cash, stick it in a house and fill up your house with a billion dollars. What does that really look like as a weekly salary? You'd be, you'd be making $19 million. Daily, you'd be making $3.8 million. And at an hourly rate, you'd be making $480,000. So just try to, try to grasp that concept of every hour making $480,000. That, that's a lot of gold and silver. Um, and when you look at that, where, where, where they were in that time, $200 billion just trying to spend that much money, it's a lot of money. So when we talk about value, it's a little bit easier for us to think about that value when we're working day in and day out trying to make money. You know, hey, I'm making 50,000 a year. Hey, I'm making triple digits. I got 100,000. And we're talking, you know, in this, in this concept, the value of that is $480,000 an hour. So when you look at that, money and silver don't provide you with that, you know, everlasting peace, comfort, and joy that you find in the Bible. And as Sean said earlier, you know, at this time, they didn't have the whole Bible. They didn't have the New Testament. They didn't have the other pieces. They only had a small part of, the, of that. But you look at this, and he still valued God's law above the earthly riches of the money of the silver and gold. And really, you know, it, it brought me to look at Matthew, you know, uh, 
6, verses 9 to 21, where it says, Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasure in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will be also. So really, you know, you, you look at that and, again, placing value on material things, whether it's gold, silver, money, or things on earth, that's not where the, the priority or the value should be. It should be in God's word and God's law. So how do we value God's law? Having faith in Jesus as our Savior provides us our salvation through his mercy and grace. And to live out our lives to honor and glorify God, we need to grow our relationship and understanding of him. Who is God? How do we get to know him better? Colossians 2, verses 2 to 3 states, you know, that their hearts may be encouraged, being knit together in love, to reach all the riches of full assurance of understanding and the knowledge of God's mystery, which is Christ, in whom all, excuse me, in whom are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. All the wisdom and knowledge is in the Bible that we have available to us completely and freely. So how do we, how do, we do this? How do we get to know God? By reading the Bible. And as we read the Bible, we grow in our understanding of who God is. And the Holy Spirit helps to reveal us why God's law is more important than gold and silver. Psalms 19, verses 7 to 10 says, The law of the Lord is perfect, reviving the soul. The testimony of the Lord is sure, making wise the simple. The precepts of the Lord are right, rejoicing the, the heart. The commandment of the Lord is pure, enlightening the eyes. The fear of the Lord is clean, enduring forever. The rules of the Lord are true and righteous altogether. Listen to this, verse 10. More to be desired they are they than gold, much, even much fine gold. So the testimony, the commandment, the rules of the Lord are more to be desired than gold. So as we live out our lives to what God has called us to do, let us remember that God has given us both silver and gold and his law. We don't have to pick one or the other, he, he has given his gold and silver and the material things for us to manage because ultimately they are his. But he also wants us to focus and not make that a focus or an idol, but he wants us to focus on his word, on his law, and prioritize that in our daily lives. So let's keep our hearts and eyes fixed on Jesus as our Savior and prioritize the value of God's law by investing our time in reading it to grow our relationship with him, saving that scripture in your heart and you will find more joy, peace, and everlasting satisfaction in what God provides in the law than you will with the thousands of gold and silver. So let's go ahead and pray. God, thank you uh, just for this word, for your verses and, and the teaching and understanding of your law. Help us to place that in our hearts. Help us, um, as we're talking this morning through this scripture, help us to make that first in our lives. When, it, when we first wake up, Help it to be our first fruit that we're giving to, to you through reading your word and just putting and placing that on our hearts. Help us to enjoy the things you've given to us, but help us not to make the things here on earth that idle in our focus, but help us to make your word and you our focus as we grow our relationship with you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. All right, we're going to go ahead and read through the third section and the last section of Psalms 119. Uh, so we'll be starting with verse 121. I have done what is just and right. Do not leave me to my oppressors. 
Give your servant a pledge of good. Let not the insolent oppress me. My eyes long for your salvation and for the fulfillment of your righteous promise. Deal with your servant according to your steadfast love and teach me your statutes. I am your servant. Give me understanding that I may know your testimonies. It is time for the Lord to act, for your law has been broken. Therefore, I love your commandments above gold, above fine gold. Therefore, I consider all your precepts to be right. I hate every false way. Your testimonies are wonderful. Therefore, my soul keeps them. The unfolding of your words give light. It imparts understanding to the simple. I open my mouth and pant because I long for your commandments. Turn to me and be gracious to me, as is your way with those who love your name. Keep steady my steps according to your promise, and let no iniquity get dominion over me. Redeem me from man's oppression, that I may keep your precepts. Make your face shine upon your servant, and teach me your statutes. My eyes shed streams of tears, because people do not keep your law. Righteous are you, O Lord, and right are your rules. You have appointed your testimonies in righteousness in all faithfulness. My zeal consumes me, because my foes forget your words. Your promise is well tried, and your servant loves it. I am small and despised, yet I do not forget your precepts. Your righteousness is righteous forever, and your law is true. Trouble and anguish have found me out, but your commandments are my delight. Your testimonies are righteous forever. Give me understanding that I may live. With my whole heart I cry, Answer me, O Lord. I will keep your statutes. I call to you, Save me, that I may observe your testimonies. I rise before dawn and cry for help. I hope in your words. My eyes are awake before the watches of the night, that I may meditate on your promise. Hear my voice according to your steadfast love. O Lord, according to your justice, give me life. They draw near who persecute me with evil purpose. They are far from your law, but you are near, O Lord, and all your commandments are true. Long have I known for your testimonies that you have founded them forever. Look on my affliction and deliver me. For I do not forget your law. Plead my cause and redeem me. Give me life according to your promise. Salvation is far from the wicked, for they do not seek your statutes. Great is your mercy, O Lord. Give me life according to your rules. Many are my persecutors and my adversaries, but I do not swerve from your testimonies. I look at the faithless with disgust because they do not keep your commands. Consider how I love your precepts. Give me life according to your steadfast love. The sum of your word is truth, and every one of your righteous rules endures forever. Princes persecute me without cause, but my heart stands in all of your words. I rejoice at your word, like one who finds great spoil. I hate and abhor falsehood, but I love your law. Seven times a day I praise you for your righteous rules. 
Great peace have those who love your law. Nothing can make them stumble. I hope for your salvation, O Lord, and I do your commands. My soul keeps your testimonies. I love them exceedingly. I keep your precepts and testimonies, for all my ways are before you. Let me... Let my cry come before you, O Lord. Give my understanding according to your word. Let my plea come before you. Deliver me according to your word. My lips will pour forth praise, for you teach me your statutes. My tongue will sing of your word, for all your commandments are right. Let your hand be ready to help me, for I have chosen your precepts. I long for your salvation, O Lord, and your law is my delight. Let my soul live and praise you, and let your rules help me. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek your servant, for I do not forget your commandments. So, the verse that I um, had picked out of there, uh, to kind of talk about a little bit is actually the last verse, Psalm 176. The reason I picked this verse um, was one because of the recognition and reminder it gives us of our um, of our life, but also the the natural state and bent of our heart, but also the encouragement that we can find in it as well. So. Um, that Psalm 176, I'll read again. I have gone astray like a lost sheep. Seek thy servant, for I do not forget thy commandments. So, um, you know, as I said, the, the, the encouragement piece of it here um, is to see that, you know, here is the writer of the psalm. Um, we just read through all of 119. And the whole, even even going to the beginning of the structure of it, right, the the way it's structured, the 22, um, you know, letters, and the way they've written all of this out, right, as a means of remembrance, as a means of praise. Um, the even just the structure of what was done here was all to honor and glorify God, right? You can see in the writer just how much there's this love for for God and His law, and then you read through what each, you know, all of the words, and that's a concept repeated over and over and over in the recognition, as Sean pointed out, of the, you know, open my eyes, as um, Brandon, you know, talked about, comparing it to those riches and seeing how much he loves the law, right? So this is very obviously, um, you know, somebody that is seeking after God um, and is a true follower of his, but yet, the last verse of all of this, of all of this praise for who God is, he sums it up by saying, I have gone astray like a lost sheep. So you have David here recognizing that that is the bent of our heart. We can have that love here for God, that burning passion to do something as great of work as Psalm 119 is. But yet, he wraps it up with, he's gone astray. And so there's some encouragement in that, that, um, you know, we can be pretty hard and down on ourselves as we 
choose what is wrong and you know we you know talked about in Sunday school this morning um, you know about choices and man's free will and all of you know all of that that goes along with it and that concept of that we always do what we want right our our choices and and decisions we make are influenced on um, you know on our desires right so our, our free will our choices based upon the strongest desire that we have and even in a psalm like this where you see such a great love and desire for God nature that oftentimes unfortunately can win out and it can lead us astray um, and so it's a good recognition that that can happen to us but the great part of this verse is that that's not completely how this verse in this whole chapter ends the next section there is seek your servant so they have all of the the knowledge and truth that we can read through 119 we're not going to go back through and rehash each part of it right but there's all those promises of god's goodness of his greatness of his love for his people as well that can be in the in our minds when we take that next step and ask seek your servant right when when a sheep has gone astray right it's it's um facing death unless that shepherd comes to find it. And so we need to know God's word um, to be able to make that plea and understand that there really is strong promises behind the word of God that we can make the plea, God, seek your servant. I've gone astray like a lost sheep, but seek your servant. And that's kind of the last portion of that verse of, for I do not forget your commandments that that is what gives strength and meaning to the plea of seek your servant. Because, as I had said, there's all those promises that God will not forsake us, that he will care for us and see us through to the day of eternity. And it's not based upon our power. It's not based upon um, what we can do, but we need to rely on God. And as Sean and Brandon have both pointed out, how do we do that and how do we recognize that we can do that it's from being in his word it comes from his law and so um you know all of this morning and what we'll be spending time in now for for some time is looking into god's law but also looking at the desire and love that we should have for it you know oftentimes i think um you know, there are, there are so many other things that get our attention, but to have that recognition that it, God's law is what should be first and foremost preeminent in our life and the value that it seeks. And, uh, you know, each, each little mini message here and, and how that points that out. So um, that's, that's the whole of Psalm 119 is just the value and love that we should have for God's word. Let's pray. God, we thank you this morning, um, again, just for the opportunity to come and open your word and to be able to really zero in on a passage that really points out um, holistically just the riches of what your word brings, that it is more valuable than anything. And God, we recognize that we need you 
to open our eyes so that we can understand it. And so we do ask and plead that you do that, that you open, um, that you open our eyes. And God, we also seek forgiveness because we know we are sinful and we know that we are going to fall away and we are going to backslide away from it. Um, even when we have, at times, can have such love and desire for your word, we still live in sinfulness and we have a fallen uh, a fallen world that we're going to stray from it. But God, even with that, we know because we don't forget your commands that we can make a plea to seek your servant and that you will come and that you'll restore us back to fellowship with you. And so we do ask forgiveness for our sinfulness and for our falling away, but that we can also with confidence, because we know the promises that you've given us in your word, that we can ask confidently for you to restore us and to come seek us. And we thank you for that. We thank you for this reminder this morning, and we thank you for the promises mostly that we find in your word. And just pray that you will help us to uh, really work to, to put that in our mind and hide it in our hearts so that we don't forget your commandments. In your name we pray. Amen.